Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And I'm so grateful for the support of Active Recovery TMS. They're a group of one of the most dedicated teams of health caregivers in the Northwest, offering transcranial magnetic stimulation, ketamine-assisted therapy, and counseling to help people who are suffering from anxiety and depression. And you can find an office anywhere in the Northwest near you, because shouldn't mental health care be just as easy and accessible as physical health care? Yes. Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And we've been talking to women at Midlife who made extraordinary changes to bring more joy and satisfaction into their lives. Trish Walker is our guest today, and she is one of those people that when you meet her, you feel as if there is an aura of positivity and glow around her. Trish is committed to helping people live extraordinary lives and to pushing beyond their boundaries and becoming a vibrant human being for themselves, their families, and their communities. But the thing that I wanted to talk to Trish about today was what happened to her at the age of 50 and how she made deliberate decisions to make sure that she was not going to live a life that seemed boring, drab, and bouncing toward the end. Hi, Trish. It's so good to see you. It's so great to see you, Sheila. Thank you so much for having me on. How did you uh, choose the title of Honey, I'm Just Getting Started? It was Born in a Coffee Shop. I had an original title that my friend said, yeah, when I read that, I feel like you're going to teach me how to crochet. (laughs) (laughs) So how I came up with that title was the day before I turned 50, my brother, I grew up in New Jersey, so you'll hear my accent come out occasionally. Uh, My brother, who is the oldest in our family, always calls me the day before my birthday. So as I was nearing my 50th, his phone call came in. He goes, congratulations, you're half dead. Oh, wow. And my immediate response to him was, oh, honey, I'm just getting started. (laughs) Did you (laughs) notice in your conversations with other people that there was a sort of um, solemn view around life after 50? There was. I had shared with you previously that I went out and started really quizzing people coming into that the middle age, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at 54. Mm -hmm. She was very young, smoked quite a bit. So I think I always had that in the back of my mind. And I can remember being in high school thinking someone turning 40 was ancient. So as I got closer and closer to the big 5-0, it was just one day it came over me and it was the loss of a a friend of mine um, that kind of made me do things differently. But I just remember going, I don't have to do it the same way my mom did. I don't have to do it the same way society is telling us to approach our 50s. So when I started breeding that idea, for lack of a better word, it really started getting me excited about it. Before we begin on the bucket list of endeavors and experiments and really joyous adventures that you took, tell me a little bit about your decision to become what can only be described as a healer. I started on my journey when my son was born. He was adopted. 
I've always felt that he was supposed to be in my life. It was a very quick adoption and just felt like I have known him for other lifetimes. But I had always suspected that my family has gifts and many of them are stuffing them down. My dad's mom ended up committing suicide when I was 12. And my dad came to pick me up late for school that day. And I turned and looked at him and I said, what happened to grandma? Oh dear. Yeah. And he just looked at me like very wide eyed and was like, how did you know that? As I start putting pieces to the puzzle together up until my age now, I see that I've always had these gifts that have come through, but just never had those people in my life that could cultivate it. In fact, my family was very much, don't talk about this. You're crazy. <laughs> you know? yeah. So when I was in my 40s, really started stepping into finding those people and now have a community of like-minded people that are healers that really help me with my gifts. And I see what I can do for others with them. So as you began to develop the list of the things you wanted to accomplish or try or see for yourself, did you have it in mind that it needed to be a healing experience, both for yourself and the other people involved in it? Or was there any thinking about how you were going to integrate all of these interests of your own? When I first started out, it started out as a blog and I was doing things. I went to race car school. I had different conversations and I normally would. As I started going through the list, I saw how it could help others, but still didn't realize it was going to be a book at that time. And again, one of my community stepped up when I finished my last one and she's like, you need to write a book about this. Wow. And when you take it out of the box for the first time, you're like, wow, yeah. wow, this is out there. And isn't it amazing that it's sort of like the pinnacle of having had all of those experiences and now it's in something that you can actually hold in your hands. It's a bizarre last final push of that experiment. So it definitely is. Tell me how you came up with it because some of the adventures were like, she is so brave. You have <laughs> So much enthusiasm for life. I would never have skydived. I would never have done some of the things that you did. So talk about some of the most ambitious. So you kind of giggle when you say she's so brave. My yeah. very first one is, I don't know if you've ever been over to the Sundance Resort and the Stuart Falls Trail. It's a tough one. It's a very tough one. And at least two or three times I took the chairlift up. I'd start out on the trail and it dropped off and I'd go back. In fact, the guys on the chairlift got to know me. Here she comes again. <laughs> Miss 30%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this day I had my son with me and he was all of, I want to say 10 at the time. And I said, I have to do this. He's really been an impetus for me to show him that life is to be lived mm. and be adventurous and so I pushed through that first one and it kind of just gradually built up energy from them. And then I kind of got the adrenaline bug. And especially when I was in race car school, even though I wasn't going very fast, but <laughs> yeah. it was still fun. And what I really love that you did is at the end of each of the episodes, you talk about a lesson that you took from it. Did you go in with a perceived lesson or did you learn that lesson while you were on the precipice of wanting to turn back? <laughs> Definitely while I was in the middle of it. 
that's kind of where I really discovered my healing gifts and my intuition because I would get quiet and say, okay, what am I learning here? What am I supposed to teach? Because what is that saying about you teach what you're supposed to be learning? Mm. And so I know that's kind of counterintuitive, but it really has been that way. And so in each of those experiences, paying attention and already getting that intuitive hit of, okay, here's your next adventure. Here's what you're going to do next. Wow. So it offloads so organically. It, it was a beautiful experience for me. Trish, I love what you say about getting quiet because I think that one of the things that happens to us as we get older is this idea that if I just keep moving, it's going to be okay. If I just, you know, mm -hmm. do the dinner, clean it up properly, have all those things ready for the kids. Like, like the idea of doing really gets in the way of deep thinking, of deep contemplation. And so I love that you use these experiences as a moment for you to think about why am I doing this and what am I learning from it? It's a Absolutely. great example for other people. Thank which was, you. Which was the easiest thing that you did, the thing that seemed like the most simple for you? Wow. I had a couple experiences in the book where I went and traveled by myself yeah, and ate dinner by myself. And I realized afterward and having had conversations with single women who say, I could never go do that by myself. Mm. I'm like, yeah, you can. And so just being in that moment of, you know, being in a hotel by myself or a restaurant and being treated beautifully by staff that realized I was traveling by myself and they'd come over, they'd say, here, try this dessert. And so I think a lot of the ones where I was connecting with other people, which I love to do. Mm. And so those came the most natural. Um, you know, the, the idea of travel for a woman over 50, especially alone, I think is daunting for people because they worry a about their safety. They worry, mm -hmm. will I have anyone to share the memory with as if, their own being isn't enough to share the memory with. Right. Right? And then you have this societal expectation that it's a table for two, right? Exactly. So did you carry yourself differently when you went into those restaurants as a single? Did you just make it clear that you were enjoying yourself and that's the reason people were so friendly to you? After a while, absolutely. I think just walking in there with that confidence to say, hey, I'm here by myself. I did notice myself a few times saying, hey, I'm from out of town on business or whatever. So it kind of would explain why I was there by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but after a while, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm okay with sitting here by myself. And you made such a, a tremendous change in your life from pharmaceutical sales. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in pharmaceutical and medical device industry. Yeah. Yeah, to this, what some would call the woo-woo world, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, a Reiki instructor, an integrative nutritionist. I mean, mm -hmm. to have this kind of epiphany that you have this range of talent in midlife, I just think it's so spectacular. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And one of the other things that I added in during all this, and I had a bit part in a commercial that just came out yesterday. And so I was sitting here going, oh my gosh, that's me, right? But answering a, an ad for the show Yellowstone that used to film here in Utah, mm -hmm. and they needed an extra. 
I was like, that sounds like fun. And since then, I've worked on probably over 40 productions and just really realizing how much of a passion I have for film and television. So I'm I'm having to relocate to L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the film industry here in Utah is really taking off. So that's been easy as I navigate my son through his last six months of high school. (laughs) You know how that is. And so, yeah, I'm still a work in progress. I know all the gifts that I have are not out there yet. So it's been fun uncovering them. So I want, because you're just tremendous coach for women at midlife, talk to women who maybe aren't so inclined to make a list of things they want to accomplish. Maybe they just need to start thinking about their lives in a different way so that they don't feel depressed as if there's nothing left for them. What are some of the tenets that you came away from after your <laughs> year of adventure? <laughs> adventure, yeah. yeah. That, that will really stick with you as, as maybe I don't have to be doing things that are so tremendous, but I will keep this, this thought, this belief, this pattern of thinking. Couple things pop up. While I was writing my book, I was getting toward the end of my marriage and really realizing that know your audience, know who you're telling your news to, and find a community that really supports you. They're out there, especially right now online. You know, again, I'm very grateful to the people that I've gathered in my life that have uplifted because the audience I had before didn't inspire that. There was more judgment and more uh telling you the way it should be rather than really what you were feeling in your heart. Wow. Absolutely. I've also found in part of my career in medical devices, I moved to Europe for two years, which was amazing. When I told those closest to me, they were not my biggest supporters. And so that really was a lesson for me that I know in their own way, they were sad because I was going, I got a lot of, oh, I could never do that. I'd be too scared. And that was a great learning lesson for me to say, well, I'm so sad that you're not going to do it, but I am. And so becoming your biggest fan, start there first. We were talking about getting quiet before my, I have a morning routine that I do that if I don't. When I open early at work, I don't get to do it, but it's take 15 minutes, listen to a meditation, get quiet. I got an amazing journal at a cool bookstore in Santa Barbara. I wish I could remember the name, but the first question is, what are you going to manifest today? What are your aligned actions? Mm -hmm. So we were talking about that whole busy before, how people are so busy. Take 15 minutes to get quiet, work on your own energy first. And that's such an impetus. We're looking for that outside validation, the outside support. If we're not doing it inside, it's going to be a tougher battle. Yeah. And I think it really ends up showing up that if you're doing it for the external validation, it actually draws energy from you rather than creates it from your own internal source, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the things I've really admired about you is that you have this true glow of positivity around you that I believe is contagious. I really think that we carry ourselves in the world in a way that is just as powerful as a virus, that it's catchy if someone's smiling and positive and optimistic, you know? And it right. doesn't it doesn't mean not paying attention to the things in our lives that are difficult. Absolutely. It's actually taking time to sit with those, put them in a category where you know you're attending to them, 
and then focusing on the beauty and the friendship and everything we have, right? And I love that that you live that as best an example as anyone I've ever met. Thank you. That means a lot. And, you know, they sound so cliche and so simple, but I really do on my way to work find my gratefuls. I love music. I usually have it full blast singing in my car. The last couple of weeks have been so heavy for a lot of people. It's funny because I've just tuned out in my car on the way to work. Shut the radio off. Do your gratefuls. That crazy lady at the red light talking to myself. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, here's I want to connect with somebody awesome today. I want to do so it, it truly helps. You know, a friend of mine calls it um, beauty hunting too, which is where you Love that. lay your gaze in the world is on things that are beautiful and uplifting rather than on the things that really remind us of how difficult life can be. Because it is difficult, right? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. You finish this extraordinary list. Are you making a new list now? <laughs> it's funny you should say that. So I have spent a good part of my 50s. The first book came out so organically. Yeah. It just flowed out of me. My second book, it's the one. It's the deep soul one. So I've been really working on that. But as I'm getting closer to the next number, I've started my list. I definitely have. And these, I think, are probably going to look a lot different from the 50 list. Yeah. How so? They feel more soul-oriented, mm-hmm. yeah. if that makes sense. My takeaway from your thing is you did these things, but it was the deep evaluation, the sitting with yourself, mm-hmm. the deciding what it was that you could, what kind of meaning you were deriving from those experiences that was really profound. And so then as we get older, you need to be able to find ways to have profound moments without all the doing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fly in the helicopter (laughs) and go through the skies, you know? I may still do that. I was talking to my boss's boss yesterday about going sky diving in the spring. So we'll see. (laughs) I've never done that. That might be on the list. Um, So in, in terms of a spiritual deepening, what kind of things are in your imagination that you'd really like to try? So the word legacy has been popping up for me very much. So even in the last couple of days, Sheila, and I opened Facebook early this morning to a woman that I work with in the film community here. They had a GoFundMe up for her Mm. because she was having some medical issues and got her eviction notice. And I, it was literally this morning where I was like, I need to do something. And it, it, it has to do with the film community. I haven't formed it yet, but Obviously, there's people that work in the film industry that are not as fortunate as other people that work in the film industry. And so I'm seeing a lot of me just combining all my passions into a neat, tidy package Mm. around that. I love that. Like finding some way that the community can support one another, regardless of where you are economically. What a great, great impulse that is. What about your faith? Like, how do you deepen your faith and... Put it in a context that is meaningful for you as you enter this sixth decade of your life. I'm very grateful again that to have really good energy healers that work on me. Yeah. I make sure that I really resonate and they have clean energy. Yeah. And I had a session last week knowing that, okay, it's been dark the last couple of weeks. Obviously something needs to come through to me here and something needs to be cleaned off, but The beautiful lady that I work with reminded me, she's like, you're not alone. So I grew up 
a Catholic girl. Mm-hmm. I say I'm a recovering Catholic, <laughs> yeah. but have really brought in that to know there is a force out there bigger than us. I've experienced it. I felt it knowing I have a spirit team. It's reminding myself each day that I'm not alone. I might be alone in a room, but I'm not alone. Mm. I call them my spiritual pit crew. <laughs> they call them in. <laughs> Love that. And my so- tire's coming off on my... <laughs> Exactly. Lane, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Spiritual I love that. Pit crew is something I'm going to borrow from you for sure. Have at it. I yeah, just really knowing that we're all surrounded. We have past loved ones that are around, and they seem to show up for me right when I need them. You mentioned the solstice, and I was just thinking about that. How much of getting older is about the ability to see that it might be dark today, but it's every single day getting a little lighter. How much the acknowledgement of change in our lives and the ability to continue to look forward, even if you feel very stuck about a particular hour, day, Mm -hmm. even week, right? That there is always something that shifts, always. And I'm sure that will be the way right up until our death. Absolutely. It, It seems this year to be more profound, for me. And I truly think, and you can speak to this, your daughter's older than my son, but with him, there was a woman I talked to the other day that was a therapist and she did it beautifully. I kept going, I'm really starting to get worried about the changes and the shifts. And she says, it's just a transition. Mm -hmm. It's a life transition. And her changing up that word, I had to go back and find her and thank her and say that softened it so beautifully for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I know 2023 is going to be a year of transitions, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. My daughter gave me these very, very fancy Italian heels and said I should bring some main character energy into 2023. (laughs) I love that. I want you to do the same, whether it's heels or not, bring that main character energy. Well, uh, I that's will, perfect. <laughs> I will be looking forward to your blog posts and the next book that you have out and whatever you want to share in terms of your growing into this beautiful stage of life. Thank you, Trish. It was such a delight to talk with you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You, you inspire me. And again, thank you for putting your book out into the world. So appreciated. 